Welcome to episode 107 of the Clarity Compressed Podcast. My name is Paul J. Daly. I will be your host. And today I'm going to talk about a guide to blame and sarcasm and the one trait to cure them both. Clarity can only really exist in the light of truth. Branding just isn't a tactic. It's a lifestyle change. All right, the moment of clarity for this week is that any single moment in any single day, you have the complete power to change. It's all in your hands. Every time, all the time, you can change your mindset, change your thinking, change your response. When you're angry, you have complete power and ability within yourself to just change. That's the moment of clarity today. Don't waste it. I'm so excited for what he's going to show me. Hurry up and show me Paul's favorite. All right, my pick for this week is a good old-fashioned random act of kindness. So often we go through our days and it's just mundane and one thing after another. And a little random act of kindness can just make everything a lot brighter. So pick somebody and just do a random act of kindness today. You'll feel better. They'll feel better. Everybody wins. That's my pick for this week. All right, the last few episodes have really been shaping up to be a bit of my thesis on leadership and people development. In episode 105, I went through the critical traits of what I believe make up a great leader. A great leader defines and aligns. Number two, a great leader listens. Number three, a great leader serves And finally, a great leader is a source of courage. Then in 106, I went all in on the importance of finding meaning in the midst of the fog of life. But I believe if we can define the meaning, keep the meaning at the center, then we'll be able to cut through the fog of life and find fulfillment even in the difficult things of life. And this week, I'm going to get a little more practical on an issue that I think could probably be, or some issues I think could be probably the most divisive and destructive in existence. I'm talking about blaming and coming in at a really, really close second, sarcasm. So of all the episodes we made, this very well may be the one that requires the most maturity. And if you're not ready to be mature, to be open, to be self-aware, you might just want to close your browser right now. If you're watching this, wherever you're watching it, listening to it, just close the browser now um, because what I'm about to talk about may be a little offensive. Um, It may cut a little deep, might hit a bone, but I think for good reason. Let's go. So let's be clear. Both blame and sarcasm are just toxic. They are founded in insecurities and they completely jettison any form of personal accountability. They are never helpful in relationship. They are never helpful or build up an organization. And they actually just pollute culture. They pollute it. It's like dumping oil in some clean water. It pollutes it. It doesn't go away. You can't get rid of it. You can't. So if these things are allowed to go unchecked, uh, they eventually lead to an environment that, frankly, nobody wants to be a part of. There's no safety. 
There's no encouragement. There's no motivation. There's no, as I talk about thriving, I talk about thriving as being a key element to organizations anywhere. People want to be a part of something where they feel like they're thriving. Blame and sarcasm, crush, 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 thriving. Um, in the end, they're bad for every individual involved. They're bad for every team member. They're bad for every leader, every stakeholder, every business owner, every client, every customer. Um, eventually, they reach everything. And eventually, they ruin everything. You know, I've been... At this point in my life, um, I've been a part of a lot of teams, whether that is work teams, serving teams at church, uh, a lot of jobs, a lot of sports teams through high school, um, teams of people that have worked on special projects have been on a lot of teams. I've definitely seen my share of blame and sarcasm just discourage and drag down the general environment, the general morale and, you know, ruin basically the potential of very talented and capable people, um, you know, when the sarcasm and blame is just allowed to thrive and be left unaddressed and unattended to. Uh, let me give you an example. So in college, I waited tables for a living. Can you believe it that somebody like me enjoyed interacting with people and actually made really good money um, waiting tables? Uh, it was something I really liked and I uh, did a lot in college. So in college... I got a job at a Red Lobster and this Red Lobster actually was one of the Red Lobsters that was known in the region for being a training store. They tested new products and rolled out new initiatives to see how they would work because the store was run so well. Great general manager, great managers. And the most important element of their leadership was the fact that they kept the central point of delivering a great customer experience at the forefront at all times. Now, if you've ever worked in food service, anyone that's worked in food service is going to get this immediately. There is an age-old feud behind what we call the front of the house and the back of the house. The front of the house is the client, the customer-facing experience. So it's the host, it's the host or hostess, the servers, um, the front-end manager, the bartender, front of the house. They deliver, the food. they take the orders, deliver the food. And then there's the back of the house. This usually um, kind of comes together in this place called the alley. And this is where the servers go back behind the wall and uh, the tray is there and the kitchen prepares the food, pushes the food through. You can take the food, dress it up, take it out. So that is kind of like the middle ground. And that's where kind of the ocean meets the fresh water. And then the back of the house are the cooks, the prep cooks, um, back of the house managers. And there's this ancient divide in the front of the house and back of the house. The back of the house says, you know, those lazy servers don't understand what we go through. It's hot back here. We work so hard. They don't appreciate it. The front of the house goes like customers are demanding. The back of the house just gives us a hard time. All they have to do is make food. They don't have to deal with these people, right? That's usually the struggle that goes on. However, in this Red Lobster, and, and these are usually front of the house, back of the house, usually marked by blaming, I need this order changed. The customer changed it. You didn't cook this right. And a lot of time is spent arguing back and forth in this really contentious relationship when really it's everyone's job to make sure the food is right. The customer has a good experience. So they come back, eat, buy there again, eat there again. So then everyone remains employed, right? Well, this Red Lobster, the front of the house and the back of the house worked together like one team. It was amazing. Um, it was the first uh, restaurant that I worked in 
um, that wasn't like fast food or like a Denny's. So this Red Lobster thing's got a little more serious, a little more expensive dishes. And I was like, wow, this is great. But I didn't have anything to compare it to. Now, I went home for the summer and transferred to a Red, Red Lobster back closer to my house near Philadelphia. And this Red Lobster was completely different. All there was was blame and sarcasm. And I made way less money. Customers waited way longer for their food. The restaurant was way less profitable. The, the area managers were always checking in, always problems, always turnover. And it really is a stark reminder to me of the difference between an environment where blame and sarcasm is perpetuated and then blame or sarca- and sarcasm are crushed. Now, I can tell you this. As a leader, as the more I lead, the, the further I go, um, the business, the fact that we're in startup mode right now, I got to say that my tolerance as I go forward, my tolerance for both has diminished more probably in the last 12 months than ever in my life. Being back in startup mode and feeling the pressures of getting to profitability, of building a team that's cohesive, of putting together product and service offerings that really meet the client's needs, uh, shaping the client experience so they like working with us, they're happy with the work that they're getting, um, and this constant mode of hustle and back and forth. My tolerance for unhelpful, sarcastic comments, unhelpful, blaming, back and forth is really getting at a, to an all-time low. And I'm, I'm really happy about this because a lot of the times in the past, I think that I didn't address it because I wanted people to really like me. And what I've realized over the last few years specifically, and now kind of coming to the head that like doing things so that people like me is actually doing them a disservice, telling them the truth and doing things that cultivate an environment that provide them more opportunity is actually serving them more, is actually caring for them more. So if you're a person like me that likes it when people like you, be warned that the truth is the most effective thing you can give to someone to help them. Now, speaking the truth in love and kindness is also important. So, and we'll talk about that a little more. So blame sarcasm, 2020 is really the mature, the theme of maturity is quickly, quickly coming to mind. I think that this is going to be the year where I make maturity the focus of my business congruent, um, any team that I lead, any organization I'm a part of, because I think maturity is big part of the solution and it kind of encapsulates it in one word. So who wants to work in an environment like I just described? Like, I don't think anybody work, wants to work, right? You don't feel safe. You don't feel protected. You feel discouraged. You know, so let's break down both things that I've been talking about, blame and sarcasm. Let's break them down. So first, blame. So when you blame, let me just say, you will never, ever, ever have clarity. And when I say clarity, I mean perspective on what's actually going on. Because when you blame, you're actually passing ownership of the problem, passing ownership of your personal responsibility to someone else. Actually, you're voluntarily making yourself a victim to the situation when you blame. We see it all the time. Um, over the course of, of my last you know 20 years, I've actually done a lot of work with addicts and addiction. And one thing that's very common amongst addicts, and I think that amongst anyone who is constantly trying to back out of a situation 
is a little something called me. What about you? Maybe we'll put it on the screen. Me question mark. What about you? Oh, you're going to tell me I did something wrong. Well, how about this other thing that you did wrong? Oh, I missed the deadline. Hey, well, you've been late three times this week. Oh, I was rude to you. Well, how about the time that you were mean to that other person? And me, what about you? Basically becomes a deflection point where I try to change the attention that you're putting on something that I may have done wrong. And I'm pointing out something that you've done wrong. And the thing that you've done wrong actually has nothing to do with my decision to do what I did. But it's a way to make me feel better about myself. Honestly, a me, what about you is like, I might feel bad about what you just said, but I'm going to make you feel bad so that I don't have to feel bad about myself. It's really, at its core, it's based in insecurity. And so when someone's a me, what about you person, really, if you're listening and paying attention, what you realize is that other person is actually insecure about something and they can't stand up to the scrutiny and they certainly can't handle it in, in a mature way. So the natural defense mechanism comes up and, you know, having empathy for that and understanding like, okay, that response is actually because that person feels bad about it. And then you can really decide what you do with that me, what about you? So, I mean, the me, what about you mentality, blaming, saying you did this. Well, I did this because you did this. It's very self-centered and it's protectionism and it crushes a safe environment. All of a sudden, if I know you to be a person that every time I say something or bring something up, you're going to blame me or bring up something that I did and be defensive and deflective about it. Um, that crushes an environment. If I feel like I'm going to be blamed, that then it's an environment that accountability can't exist because nobody wants to be blamed. And I think anyone who grows in an organization, anyone grows in responsibility is someone that says, I'm going to take accountability. My fault. What could I have done to change it? Because you always have a choice. And when we blame, we are choosing to deflect. We are choosing to remove ourselves from the possibility of getting clarity on a situation. Blame is toxic. So let's move on to its second cousin. Maybe it's first cousin. Sarcasm. This one might be a little more controversial because I think a lot of people hide behind the fact that sarcasm is funny. Oh, I'm just joking. But I think we all know that 95% of sarcastic comments are actually just a way to get the truth crossed and not take responsibility for that truth. Um, I, I looked up the definition of sarcasm and there were several, but I like this one a lot. It says the use of words that mean the opposite of what you really want to say, especially in order to insult someone or show irritation. And then that definition says, or to be funny. I think what we do with sarcasm is we say, oh, I'm just joking. But everybody listening to this podcast and everybody that says something sarcastic really knows that they kind of mean it. The last one, or to be funny, is the tertiary one. And I think we scapegoat it and make it the primary one. But typically speaking, sarcasm is insult in disguise. It's lack of accountability in disguise. It's blaming in disguise. I think that sarcasm at best, at best, is a defense mechanism to deflect due to someone's own insecurity. At best, 
And so I, I don't say that to judge, but like, hey, the best case scenario, someone hits a sarcastic comment and they're just, man, it's just a response. It's an automatic triggered response to their insecurity. And that is what it is. What at worst, I mean, I think at worst, it's a cowardly way to address your real feelings without giving the other person the respect of speaking with them directly in a way that we can actually move through a problem. So I think sarcasm at best is a deflective, um, a deflective reaction based on our own insecurities. But at worst, it's a cowardly way to avoid building real relationship, giving the other person the courtesy of um, a real response. I saw a great, a great phrase and like kind of looking up a few things for the show. And I think it was a shirt that says, my, my sarcasm has gotten to the point where even I don't know if I'm kidding or not. And I think that that makes uh, a real good summation of the sarc. My sarcasm has gotten to the point where even I don't know if I'm kidding or not. So we have blame on one side. We have sarcasm right next to it. Both of them are destructive. Both of them tear apart. If you're someone who blames, if you're someone who is sarcastic, it's time to change that. It's time to look at that and say, you know what? If I want to be a better person, if I want to be a better teammate, a more responsible person, a better leader, if I want to contribute to an environment instead of sucking the oxygen out of it, I need to really make it a point to get blame out of my system, to get sarcasm out of my system and do a little deep thinking and like, why do I really do that? Am I that insecure? The answer might be yes, we're all insecure. The answer to insecurity isn't dragging other people down. In my opinion, someone who blames or is sarcastic becomes less valuable to a team because like I said in the beginning, it's toxic. And so the more blaming and sarcastic somebody is, actually, as someone who's building a team that needs to support one another and cultivate and encourage one another's talents, the person who blames and is sarcastic becomes way less valuable to me to put in a seat on the team in an environment. I want people who are encouraging. I want people who speak the truth in kindness. A good team needs people that doesn't blame, that takes ownership, extreme ownership. Something goes wrong, their first thing is like, it's my fault. Why? I could have done this better. Instead of saying, oh, well, I didn't do a good job because that person could have did this better. Who wants that person on the team? Does that person make you stronger or weaker? And if as a leader, my job and my obligation is saying, hey, my role is to create an environment that produces the most amount of opportunity for the most amount of people. If that's the truth and that's what I'm really trying to do, then that means by allowing blame and sarcasm to exist in an environment, I am not holding true to my commitment to everyone else on the team. It's serious. It's for real. So how do we fix it? What can we possibly do to combat these practical things that we see all the time throughout organizations that we don't want to be part of our lives that, yeah, if you're not into this, you would have closed the browser a long time. So I know I'm talking to the people that want to grow, to the people that want to cultivate a healthy environment. They want to have the courage to call this out in their organizations and make it better for everybody. How do we combat that? I have four things, four traits that I think writing these on the wall, writing them on your desk, making them, making them the theme the rally cry of your 2020. I said one already, maturity. I've begun thinking of shaping my organization 
in the context of maturity. This year, I want to sow maturity into my group, into my people. Maturity doesn't mean you don't have fun. It doesn't mean it's not amazing. Maturity, I mean, in business, maybe we call this professionalism, but in relationship, in life, we call it maturity. Maturity is understanding that I don't need to defend everything I do. I can actually be selfless and serve. I can let someone else take the credit for something that I've done, and I can take the blame, disproportionately take the blame for something that might not be completely on me in order to help someone else be encouraged or move forward. So maturity, and maturity takes a lot of humility. We all know what humility means. It means being humble. It means being making ourselves smaller. Thinking, not thinking less of ourselves, but thinking of ourselves less. I think that those two things, maturity and humility, are best delivered in the context of kindness. Kindness is the grease in the wheels of relationship. Kindness is something that allows hard conversations, tough conversations to go better. Kindness communicates respect. Kindness communicates this last point, so the fourth one. It communicates selflessness. If I can be kind to you, that means I can give of myself so that you can raise up, so that you can be stronger, so that you can be more encouraged, so that you can thrive. And I believe that these four things, maturity, humility, kindness, and selflessness all work together to squash, to suffocate, to kill, to cut out, to eliminate, to eradicate, blame, and sarcasm. They just do. So, If you're still here, it's because you're trying to be better at this. I hope that this week you will join me and this year, 2020, you will join me in being better leaders and being more, living in a more meaningful way and practically cultivating a better organization and better groups of people and better relationships in your life by getting rid of blame and sarcasm, calling them out for what they are not hiding behind them, not being defensive about them. Because if you're feeling defensive and irritated and offended, it's because it's true. I've felt that way because it's true about me that when I blame and I'm sarcastic, you know what? It's just wrong. Thank you so much for listening these last few weeks. I hope that it encourages you to be better, to serve the people around you, gives you a little encouragement, puts a little steel in your spine that guess what? You can do it. You get to choose what your next response is. You get to choose what you think about. You get to choose how you react every single time. A lot of good things are coming this year. I believe it for you, for me, for us as a community. Thank you for listening and watching to this podcast. It would mean the world to me if you would share it share it. Let's get more people into this conversation. If you haven't already, please connect with me on LinkedIn. Lots of great conversation going on there. Also, Instagram, it's um, LinkedIn, search my name, Paul J. Daily, D-A-L-Y. Instagram, it's Paul The Daily. Facebook, Paul The Daily. Twitter, Paul The Daily. This is the Clarity Compressed Podcast. Thanks for listening. I will talk to you next week. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah.